0: Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Tolofulava, Wellington. Welcome to Access Radio 783 AM. You're with
1: Martin Andrews. And Ali Witten. Kia ora. How's it going, Ali? You well? Yeah, really good. It's winter solstice today. Oh, really? Did know? Yeah, yeah. No, I did not know. So that. I jumped into the sea. I mean, and maybe I'll do it today as well. But we tried to do a midwinter swim on Saturday night. Um, we arranged it without knowing that um, the rugby was on. And so half the people bailed because of that and the other half of people. Apparently, people don't come to your house for a party if you um, have jumping into the cold water of the Ophira Bay. And also if of the all Blacks are playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, but I did it um, and it wasn't that cold. You know, so, I mean, it was that cold, but it wasn't too bad.
0: I went out uh, for dinner on Saturday night, and one of the lads there had would he'd come from a swim in the ocean.
1: So good, yeah, yeah. yeah I might yeah. do it tonight. I mean, I, I played footy last night, and every time after football now, because I'm at that age where I get so sore, I go and stand in the in the sea. <laughs> um, afterwards is my equivalent of an ice bath. Nice, because um, you're um, I must on look South like a yeah, yeah. I must yeah. look like a crazy person if <laughs> anybody looks out the window. But... Yeah, how are
0: you going? I'm going very well, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, th- um. Moving along well, you know. I'm recording a record and, and works going well there at Kibosh. so good. happy to be here. Yeah. And uh, today's guest, we've got uh, Barry in from Alcoholics Anonymous. So, welcome, Barry.
2: Hi, Marty. How's it going?
0: Yeah, good, thank you.
1: And Ali, hi. Hi, Kia ora.
0: Um Barry, can I just get you to maybe just bring that? Yeah, just yeah. talk a bit closer. Yeah, yeah, you Sweet go. As. Um, yeah, so just a quick warning or a um, a notice to our listeners tonight we are going to be talking about alcoholism and. Uh, so just want you to be aware uh, that the next half an hour we will be discussing uh, maybe some things which may be a bit sensitive to some people, so please bear that in mind. Um, Before we get started on our interview, here's a quick track. Uh, This is a local band called The Gentleman Callers. Uh, This tune is called Shop On. Welcome back to Access Radio 783 AM. We're with Barry from Alcoholics Anonymous. So
2: welcome again, Barry. Yeah, thanks, Marty.
0: Um, why don't we start off with a little bit of your own story there. Okay. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your experience with Alcoholics
2: Anonymous? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, first of all, I'll just say that um, I'm, I, I can't speak on behalf of AA as a whole, and, and what I what I say is kind of as my own story, but I'm... I'm not sort of speaking as a representative of AA or on sure. behalf of AA. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, um, yeah. Well, I, I um I started drinking as a teenager, and uh, pretty soon I I I noticed. Well, actually, I didn't really notice, but I I kind of thought I was drinking the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it, it it seemed like I was enjoying it far more than everybody else, and I was drinking more than everybody else, and. I would get into, like, I would, it would seem like I'd go out and do the same things, you know, go out and buy a box of beer with my mates and get drunk, and, but I'd be the one that would get into trouble. They wouldn't, mm-hmm. and that sort of kept happening, and I, I discovered um, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, when I was about 20, and I went along to a few meetings... And I heard
0: so you were that young when you realized that
2: you that
3: you yeah, may have a problem?
2: yep, absolutely. well, i'd I'd been in a little bit of trouble as a teenager as well, mm. and then I sort of got into a little bit more trouble, and that was kind of what led me into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. and um so i um I went along to a few meetings and I listened to um, people's stories, and I kind of related to a lot of what was said, but I kind of thought, well, I'm twenty years old. You know, I'm not ready to. I'm, I'm only just embarking on my drinking career. I'm mm. not kind of. I'm not ready to stop now. Mm. So mm. I, I carried on, and um, and things didn't sort of get worse. Well, they they did, but over a long period of time. So I was able to sort of manage my drinking throughout my twenties and, and most of my thirties. And by manage it, I mean like I would get into into trouble sometimes, or I'd spend a bit too much money sometimes, or I'd st- you know I'd stay up. Um, you know, too late and maybe, you know, m- have miss half a day at work or have a whole sick day every now and again. But, like, it wasn't as if I was, you know, i destroyed everything in my life. Mm. Like, I still had a job and I still was able to function. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really getting any traction. Mm. Like, I wasn't really getting ahead in lots of areas of my life. And I wasn't very responsible in terms of a family, being a good family member or, a, you know, um I wasn't a very responsible employee either, like I you know, wouldn't, you know, necessarily do the best day's work. Um, so I, I sort of carried on like that for, for years. And um but I'd i I'd always be the you know, the the guy who was drunkest at the bar or drunkest at a party and um once I started I wouldn't really I wouldn't know when to stop. Mm. So, um and I'd drink at say, you know, inappropriate times or, you know, any event seemed to be like an excuse to have a few beers. I mean, um, going to the movies was more fun. Having a few beers, you know. Mm, yeah. um, and I wouldn't hang out with people that didn't drink. Um, I'd found I found them boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I just wanted <clears throat> to always. I'd, I'd gravitate towards uh, events where there'd be drinking, mm-hmm. and it became the, the the sort of focal point of my life, really, mm. to the detriment of lots of other things. And um, yeah, as I say, that carried on for quite a number of years. And you know, things. Sort of
0: didn't while this was going on, you know, having already introduced yourself to AA, did you feel that yes, I've got a problem, but I I, I enjoy this too much? Yeah, like it was it was a conscious decision not to follow through, with realizing that you needed to do something about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd had a taste that there you know there was a possibility that I could have a problem and that there was there might be a solution but I kind of knew that solution would be to stop drinking mm. and I didn't want to stop didn't drinking. Didn't want to. No. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. why I just, um, I, I carried on. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, th- things got to a point where I, I sort of had three big nights out in a row and it wasn't as if anything really bad or unusual happened in those three nights or like I didn't, you know, murder anybody or I didn't, um, you know, I didn't sort of mortgage the house mm. on any of those particular nights. It was mm. just, But I woke up on a Sunday morning And I decided that I'd had enough, and I basically was ready to admit defeat, that I couldn't manage it anymore. And luckily, I'd had a a past experience with AA, and so I rang up the 800 number. And within a couple of hours, I was at a meeting here Mm. in Wellington. And um, so I went along to that meeting, and um, I haven't had a drink since then, and that was um, five years ago. Fantastic, so, man! Yeah.
0: Congratulations, thanks. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: my uh, my introduction to AA was actually listening to the um, Access Radio podcast. All oh, right, Alcoholics okay. Anonymous podcast, and <clears throat> hearing uh, the stories which which were on there that morning because it's uh, I believe it's every Sunday morning that the shows on and. <clears throat> It, it was fascinating, and I and I really wanted to get somebody on that could tell us their story and and you know tell it to a wider audience. Then, because I imagine that the Alcoholics Anonymous podcast here on uh, Access Radio, a lot of it would go to people that are perhaps in the community. So, I thought um, this would be a chance to spread that that story a bit wider. Absolutely. Um, w- what was it like there, making that phone call that first time? The well, first time that you were genuinely wanting to,
2: well, um, I was I was sort You're of half already... yeah I was kind of half drunk so I was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was pretty um, I was pretty upset as well though so it was sort of um, I don't know it, like I look back on on the kind of the actual you know events and and people say that it takes a lot of courage you know um, to to admit defeat and it does you know and it takes a lot of courage to To walk into an AA meeting for the first time, and for, like for me, it wasn't the first time because I'd been to them before. But even mm. um, like looking back on it, it didn't didn't seem like a very courageous thing to do. It just seemed like the th- the thing to do that I I needed to ring up and I needed to get to that meeting mm. and I needed to go to the next meeting after that you know, and I needed to keep going. It didn't seem like I was doing something courageous at the time, but looking back on it now you know, I can see that it, it, it was and I've and I've seen other people come in and, and it is a very courageous thing to, to walk into a room full of strangers and sit down and not really know what to expect. Mm. You know? Um but I mean like it's um it's often the first step to people's, you know, recovery and sometimes it's, you know, an absolute miraculous recovery from you know, considering where some people where alcohol was taken some people like it it didn't take me down very far like i hadn't lost everything you know Mm. um but i was heading that way and i know things were getting worse and i would have gradually started to lose things like my you know my employment and um you know friends and that sort of thing um you know family members would have drifted off um you know i could tell things you know my health was was getting worse i could tell things were getting getting worse Mm. um but yeah, like luckily, I managed to um, stagger into the rooms of AA just in time for you know to sort of um, to stop that happening. Yeah.
0: Tell me when you when you go to a meeting, do you feel like that you're with people that understand? Can you immediately feel a sense of affinity when you walk
2: into an AA meeting? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like um, you know, no one really understands an alcoholic mm. like another alcoholic. Mm and that's how the whole thing started as you know you know back in 1935 it was one alcoholic helping another one stay mm. sober and like you know whether it be you know sort of doctors or family members or psychiatrists a lot of a lot of them have tried to help alcoholics you know at various stages you know throughout people's drinking careers and you know often alcoholics you know aren't completely honest with um with with these people that are trying to help them but there's something there's something honest about an, one alcoholic sharing with another alcoholic, mm. and um, sharing their own stories. And there's the fact that we're, you know that we're quite believable um, mm. because we've actually been through exactly what the other person has as well. And um, and and there's there's not you know it's not as if we're trying to get something out of it or um, you know make any money from it or tick a box or anything like that. It's basically. Um, you know, at the beginning of my journey in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, is, um, you know, people freely gave of their time to help me, and um, you know, and and they, and a lot of people spend a lot of time with me. Mm. And now, what I try and do is try and give some of that back by you know spending time with with other people that are new. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Tell me, uh, can you identify fairly quickly when somebody walks in that is clearly not ready to make that commitment yet?
2: Not really, no. I mean, um, sometimes um, people come in, and um, you know, be, because you know, the, the whole the format of the meeting is that you know, if if you identify as a as, as someone that wants to, to stop drinking or whether you're an alcoholic or not, if if you want to share, then you get the chance to share, and so um, just you know a few minutes about your own story or your own situation, and sometimes I'll hear somebody share. Um, their story, and I will think, you know, that they're, they're absolute, you know, they're they're on the they're on the right path. You know, they're doing all the right things. They're going they're going to make it. They're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then the next week you'll, you'll you won't see them, and you'll hear from somebody else. Oh, you know, that person they're out they're back out drinking again. You know, mm-hmm. and then sometimes the opposite is true. You get someone that and and um, a lot of people are quite belligerent, and that and they'll they'll sort of you know say, I don't want to be here. I don't like any of you people. You know I hate the steps, I hate God, I hate everything about this program, and they'll just fight and fight and fight, but they'll keep mm. coming back mm. and you'll think this person it's only a matter of time before they go back out and 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 drink again, and they don't mm. so, sometimes you know mm-hmm. so you, you can never really tell what you know whether someone is going to get you know get sober and stay sober when mm. they're not you know sure, yeah, I remember like um after my first um, year anniversary of being sober my first birthday you know because we celebrate sobriety like it's a birthday and at the end of my first birthday um one of my friends in sobriety she said um i didn't she didn't think i was going to make it because i was too happy <laughs> <laughs> because when i when i when i came you know when i came in i was i was obviously ready and i was just really grateful and happy sure. to be sober every day and, mm. and i just wanted to do everything that Whatever the right thing to do was, I wanted to do that just to maintain the way things were going, and I was Mm. just really just overjoyed not to be drinking anymore, you know. And um, and that's not true of everybody, but it was was true for me. Yeah,
0: I feel like you were relatively speaking. I feel like you were quite lucky to reach that point before losing everything. Yeah, because I imagine that you know for some people reaching that tipping point could be a lot further down the line than than what you were
2: yeah I, well i mean i think in in some ways it's it can be harder for people that haven't lost everything because mm-hmm. you know like i mean i still had you know yeah, a, yeah, sure. a, you know a, a place to live and a, and a job and I, so i mean like i you know maybe i could have managed for another few years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like um people that have have lost a living you know don't have a place to live. Sometimes you know you, you you may think it'd be e- easier for them because it's completely obvious to them what the problem is. Mm. But even for those people, sometimes it's not. You know, mm. it's um, mm. it's a that we, we we say um, you know, in in the in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is a reference to um, alcohol being cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm. And sometimes you know it's 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 kind of the disease that tells you you don't have it. You know, mm. and it's um, you know, it it can be baffling because it's. It's like we, you know. You'd think anyone anyone else can see what the problem is, except for the person themselves. Sometimes, and that was true of me too. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we can all be a little bit guilty of uh, similar things. It's very difficult to see the whole picture when it's your picture. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Barry, why don't we're going to um, stop for a quick tune here? What have you chosen for us today?
2: Well um it's a it's a tune called Girl Named Radio by a bang, Wellington band called the Gentleman Callers.
0: Fantastic. Here we go. Welcome back to Access Radio 783 AM. That was Girl Named Radio by the Gentleman Callers local Wellington band. I believe we're in the uh, Battle of the Bands coming up on July the 7th, the final. July the 9th. July the 9th. So get out and support them, Gentleman Callers. All right. Thanks again, Barry, for coming in, sharing your story with us. No worries. Um, So... Could you share a little bit about the, the meetings and uh, what what are some of the things that uh, if somebody to come along to the meeting that they could be expected to to um, I don't know what what would they what would be expected of them once they come to the meetings?
2: Okay, well I, th- I think well the 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 idea is that I mean there's there's no I mean expectations really and there's no kind of set rules um so i mean um if people are coming to a meeting then they're 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 always made welcome and there's no obligation for um i mean we don't take names we don't charge any fees this is when i say we it's um alcoholics anonymous i'm referring to and just just to reiterate the point i made at the beginning that i'm i don't speak um on behalf of aa as a whole i'm just um you know i'm a participant in, in the meetings, but I only speak for myself, not not uh, for AA as a group. Sure. Um, so yeah. So um, you know, yeah. As I say, there's there's no fees to charge. Um, any, anyone that w- that thinks they might have a problem with with drinking are welcome to come in and sit down at a meeting, and they don't have to do anything. They can just sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they might get asked if they want to share, and they can say yes or no. Um, they don't have to say they're an alcoholic, but they can if they want to, um, and you know people are welcome to um, you know to speak for a little while about their their own drinking, um, and their own recovery, and that's that's basically it's it's um it's sharing, um, experience, strength, and hope. So um, you know quite often it's it's we we'll, we'll talk about what it used to be like, uh, what happened, and what we're like now. So you know what we used to be like is you know how things were during our drinking days mm. what happened like what happened to actually get us into the ro- the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and help help us to get into recovery and then what we're like now like you know how our lives are different to what they were at the beginning mm-hmm. so um, that that's basically what happens at a meeting um yeah, and I mean, it's, it is anonymous, so it's not, you know, as I say, we don't take any names of anyone that comes, or and we generally don't talk about specific things that people have said in a meeting, because you know, what what goes on in the room stays in the room. Mm. So, um, I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, when we do um, the you know the AA on air. Um, people share their experience, strength and hope, and it's broadcast on the radio, but that's with a purpose that it helps Mm. Um, you know, people that are that are suffering from alcoholism or people that aren't sure about Alcoholics Anonymous or their own drinking, or people that are sure about it but they just can't get to a meeting. So sure. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Great. Ellie, would you is there anything you'd like to ask, Barry?
1: Yeah, I just wondered um in you know, in the last five years, what are the things that have happened in your life that you think are really cool that, that um maybe wouldn't have happened had you not picked up that phone five years ago?
2: Wow, that's, that's a really great question. And um, yeah, I mean, so sometimes it's, it's kind of, it's like an intangible thing. I mean, like, I think I'm I'm generally like a lot more at peace now, like, than when I was. I mean, like, um, I don't sort of have the same, perhaps, you know, busy head that I might have had before. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think about things differently and maybe you think about things a lot more calmly. So, I mean, it's kind of more to do with an attitude rather than, you know, any sort of tangible things. Yeah. Although, I mean, just about everything in my life has changed. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm living in a different place now and, um, you know, still in Wellington, but, um, you know, my, my, my social life is a lot uh, different now. Um, you know, I, I get up early on a Saturday morning these days. I never used to do that. <laughs> Um, i've i 've got um back into sports that I always wanted to get back into and i i 've managed to get back into some of those and you know lost- lost a bit of extra weight that I was carrying um i've stopped smoking again but um th- you know this time it seems to have um you know stuck for now so that's good um i'm eating better um i don't know i like a, um yeah just um I've got more money in my pocket, yeah. so it sounds um,
1: like a little bit of a positive wheel where like A couple of things go right, and then more things go right. And it sounds like, I mean, the yeah. things you're saying they all kind of link to each other. But That's yeah, they're right. just building a picture of a of a yeah a very good future. I think yeah,
2: and um, you know, and other, other things like I'm of, you know I'm of better use to my family now. You know, mm. I'm actually um, you know I can contribute you know as, as a as a son and as a brother. Better than I used to. Like, I mean, often I wouldn't turn up to family events because I'd be too hungover or I'd be busy drinking. Mm. And and now I'm a, I'm a much more active participant, and especially I've got nieces and nephews and things as well. So, you know, I'm a lot more active in their lives, you know, more than I would have been before. So, yeah. So, there's, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's not like um people people say oh, I've got I've got this white life beyond my wildest dreams, and like you know okay I'm not I'm not living in a mansion and, and and driving a Ferrari you know, but the thing is I mean those things aren't really that important to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the the things the the quality aspects of my life now, um if you you know I wouldn't have wanted those things when I was drinking. I would have wanted different things. I would have wanted the mansion and the Ferrari, you know. But um I haven't got those and I'm quite happy not to have them.
3: Good so, yeah, yeah yeah me yeah. too yeah
1: yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Hey, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Barry. We really appreciate you coming and sharing your story with our listeners. That's all right. Um, I imagine that uh, a lot of them wouldn't have heard uh, this, this story before, so it's fantastic. Um, just lastly, if, if somebody is thinking about contacting uh, AA, uh, what, what would they need to do?
2: Well there's there's an AA website so most people have internet access these days. Mm-hmm. So aa.org.nz is the is the website. Mm-hmm. And on there is, uh, is you know there's details about meetings where they are and that's um, nation you know, in Wellington and also nationwide. Sure. And there's a phone number as well um 0800 229 6757, and that's 0800 AA works. Great.
0: Yeah. We'll post those on our Facebook page uh, awesome. once we upload this interview. Thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it, mate.
2: No worries, Marty. Cheers.